You are listening to Playfully Persistent Podcast, brought to you by the Des Moines Children's Museum. I'm Ashlyn. Ashlyn is a board member and most likely to have the craziest idea at the table. I'm Jules. Jules is also a board member, founder, and most likely to say yes to the crazy ideas and jumps all in. This show is all about children's museums, the good, the bad, and all the mess. Welcome to the rewarding chaos of Children's Museum. Today we're having our second guest. I, I know you're saying it's the second guest, but because we record these <laughs> like back to back sometimes, and I feel like we've been really like, oh, we gotta we gotta record three tonight so that Laura can go ahead and edit these, you know, and put fun sounds in, which maybe she'll put some fun sounds right here. We'll wait. Oh, that was so fun. But um, I actually am a little concerned that maybe we don't know how to count. Are you sure you think Amanda's our second guest? I mean, I guess it depends on what order episodes air at this point now. <laughs> and who but knows, right? I'm, I'm pretty sure, like officially in my mind, you're our second guest. <laughs> I, think, I think we should say that she's our first guest, just because. But we had Christine on. Oh, yeah. She was our first official guest. <laughs> okay, you can only and this, second. This is why oh. we maybe shouldn't record these at night after a long day. You know what? We can say that silly little rhyme like second is the best, right? <laughs> Isn't that a thing? What's that rhyme? Do you know what I'm talking I about? No, but I mean, sure, we can make it a rhyme. Okay, second is the best. All right, so Amanda um, has been on the board now for what'd you say five and a half years six approaching six six yeah. nice yeah I was not really sure how long the board existed so <laughs> <laughs> it, it's very close so besides Amanda being on the board and being involved with the museum forever um she also does other things, which is crazy. Like, how is the museum not the only thing you do? <laughs> so tell us, Amanda, what else do you do? Um, right now, I serve as operations manager for a company here in Des Moines, and uh, we have three brands, uh, but essentially my job is to make sure all the trains come in with the right passengers on time and all the trains depart the station on time with the right passengers. Uh, I'm a glorified metaphorical train conductor. And I love that you just said the metaphorical because I just started laughing because there has got to be somebody out there being like, oh, trains. <laughs> <laughs> because all the kids, as you know, when they're small in the museum, they love trains. And like, you don't really, do you know many people that work for the trains? Mine are strictly metaphorical. Yes, <laughs> they are. <laughs> So how did you get, how did you join the board? How did you get involved? So I've known Julie and Laura for forever, uh, eight years, nine years, probably. For me, it has to be seven because mm -hmm. my youngest was like two or three weeks old when I moved to Des Moines. Mm -hmm. And I knew Laura a little longer, although Laura and I didn't really get to know each other because every play date we went to, she just watched me chase my child around <laughs> and I didn't actually get to talk to anyone. It was just, I got to be in the vicinity of other moms while I chased my toddler around. Uh, 
but when the museum was first founded, I was growing another human in my belly and I had zero interest in whatever was going on with Julie and Laura. Like, I think they told me about the museum and I was like, oh, that's nice. And went, went about my day. Uh, Cause I, I had one goal and that was growing this human and making it through the birth. And that was, that was it. It was a mm -hmm. one track mind. Um, but then when I had my son, uh, relevant backstory, when I had my oldest child, I. I had to recover for like five months. And so then when I had my son and I was out walking around at four weeks, I felt invincible and I was like, okay, I'm going to do all the things now because I can. Uh, and I don't even think Julie and Laura and I were uh, really good friends and we were in communication regularly, but I don't even think I said anything to you. I think I filled out a form on the website. <laughs> to join the board and I didn't even say anything after I submitted it and Laura texted me about five minutes later and was like so we got this form <laughs> I hear you want to join the board are you serious yeah I actually like wrote out my uh, I, I philanthropic wish... resume in a form and submitted it and said nothing to either oh of my you gosh. I, I never filled a form out I'm yeah, like I, at some point oh that means gosh. Laura and I must have thought that we should put a form on the website and a little part of me is a little concerned like that form must still exist. Maybe it's Where not on the website, it? but it's got to be in. So we must have Amanda's responses somewhere. And her saying that, I honestly am like, really? I've never seen this form. Yeah, I definitely filled out a form because I then got a very confused message from Laura afterwards that was, <laughs> you could have just said something. <laughs> so I'm going to find that form and I'm going to bring oh. it to the board and be like, look. This is how we get new we, board members. We had our things together. <laughs> um, so that is how I joined the board. Yeah. Well, and I'm so happy that you did. And right. for me, I always remember you volunteering there. And then I remember, like, for whatever reason, your husband was there. And I was, like, talking about something I wanted. It was the giant light bright. And he was, like, listening because all of a sudden you were, like, you later told me, like, he's really interested in that giant light bright. He wants to do this giant light bright. And I was like, your husband wants to build a giant light bright. He was so light excited bright. about this light bright. Uh, and I thought he was a little nuts because we had just finished a major home renovation. And I think he was getting just a little itchy because he, for the first time in almost a year, he didn't have some kind of woodworking project that he had to do. And so, yeah, he built a, what? four feet see you know the measurements four by two light bright because we we two. cut it in half it was so large and so long mm -hmm. we decided in the new space to cut it in half to make double-sided because it was it was big yeah mm -hmm. yeah so yeah i don't know why he was in the museum either i don't know either because it wasn't like he was dropping he you off to, i think maybe he, he had was come picking to pick up. me up because for a while i could not drive and so he was dropping me off for every, me oh. and the baby off for every museum shift. That would make uh, sense. was probably what that was. Yeah, because so. I don't remember why he would have been there, but I do remember him there. And I don't know if I was talking specifically to him or if I was talking to somebody else in the museum. And probably he just not. He probably just, uh, like, spidey listened. senses. Someone's talking about a project that yes. I can do. Uh, 
because he also used it as an excuse to buy new tools, so. And turned out wonderful. I know. That's awesome. Um, and you, like Jules and me, volunteered regularly in the early days of the old location, the first location. Uh, tell us a bit about those early days. Oh my gosh. Well, I did at least one day a week and it would be, so it'd be about five hours. Do you remember what day you were? Uh, well, it changed. I was Monday and then I switched to Tuesdays. I don't remember why. Oh yeah. You don't need to remember. I know I was Wednesday. Yes. And I, like, I just I remember that because of something, but yes, I, for a long time had Tuesdays. For I think almost two years, I had a regular day every day, every week. That That's frightening that you're saying and two years. I, I think it, it was. was. And because mm -hmm. uh, when <gasps> I started working a regular shift, I had a small baby. And then by the time an employee took my day, I had a toddler. My youngest was yeah. a toddler who mm -hmm. was running. Because uh, part of the reason why I got transitioned out first was because my toddler wouldn't stay in the museum and I we were past the point of me being able to put him in the baby carrier because he would bite me <laughs> to be let down and so I'd be <laughs> working the front desk with like blood soaking through the back of my shirt because my toddler just bit me until I let him down so he could run away from me um yeah. <laughs> I don't think I knew about the biting. I didn't know about the biting, but I chased your son down many times, like outside of the museum. And like, he was fast. He was. And he started, my kids started walking early. So I had a nine month old runner. Like we aren't talking like an 18 month old starting to run. No, I had babies running at a full clip. And so... <laughs> Just, <laughs> yeah, and they would never run inside the museum. It was out of the museum. Now, it sounds like I don't want you to think we're picking on you at all because I feel like you're telling us how you're getting fit and, you know, <laughs> and so, but you also have some of the worst museum stories. And sometimes they didn't take place. Not worst, craziest best they are some of my favorite stories okay actually you're right so not the worst just the craziest and best and ones that you're like oh i'm so glad that wasn't me yes like that is <laughs> amanda is great at making me feel like oh, at least it wasn't me it was somebody else <laughs> so would you be willing to share one of those or yes. two of those um the so this story didn't actually take place inside the museum, but it's a very relevant piece of museum history. Uh, but Julie and Laura and I were with a realtor uh, looking at a building. And of course, we were all stay-at-home moms. So we're not just with a realtor, we're with a realtor and our seven, there were, we had seven children yeah. under the age of six, mm -hmm. correct? I would think so. Yes. So we had <laughs> I, it just sounds so absurd now to say it out loud. So wait, wait, wait we, sh we should rephrase it. We have seven kids with us under the age of six and three minivans. Yes. Yeah, well, I had a car. Oh, okay. Two minivans Two and a minivans car. and a car. And this realtor who probably saw us roll up and was like, what did I just get myself into? Yeah. So we are touring <laughs> this 
huge abandoned like empty building and that used to be a, a workout place. a giant workout facility. so there's a track which is there's great for your kids pool. an empty pool yes there's, there's uh, broken glass broken glass there's graffiti everywhere uh there's a child care center in this yes, gym yes so we make it through the whole building no one's gotten hurt. We are. We've gone. We've walked past graffiti with bad words. No one's repeated the words. We, they couldn't read it. We've walked <laughs> through broken glass. No one fell into the giant empty pool. Yes. We made it through. And as we were watching, I can. I still see it in my dreams. My four-year-old's little hand reaches up, and in slow motion, I just watch her grab the fire alarm and yank it down <laughs> and let and me tell you it worked it worked it was functional the fire alarms go off in this whole building and with <gasps> fire alarms they don't just make a horrible sound that echoes through this empty building the fire department gets automatically called <laughs> yes so now we have to stand outside in the cold and wait for the fire crew to come. Well, and we were talking to the realtor because we are a nonprofit, and we were kind of like, you know, before this happened, you know, like, well, you know, how much are they listing this for? And, you know, like, we're a nonprofit, and, you know, maybe we could work on something, and, like, how would we get a hold of this person? And, I mean, he's like, he was a trooper. He, like, walked and us through was- all of this. But when that fire alarm went off, he looked at us, and you could tell, and we were like, do you think we should call 911 and tell them that that's not real fire? And he's like, I don't know what to do. And, and we're like, well, do you think you need to call someone? And he's like, I don't know. And so it's really cold. So we shove all of our children into Laura's van because the thing about Laura's van is there's usually enough goldfish on the floor of the van <laughs> to feed all the kids. So we just shove all the children into the van so that they can find their own snacks and warm up and we all stand and wait for this fire crew to arrive and they roll up we explain what happens and the one guy says do i need to talk to the kids in question do you think that he said that i think we said i think that one of us said do you want to talk to the kids because i remember the guy was like oh almost like i didn't even think about that yes all i remember is that we, I don't think, prepped these men for how many children we had <laughs> to Laura's minivan. So he opens the door, and it's just a horde of children. Shoving their faces with, with food. Gold, like, like food, yes. You're making it sound like they're only eating the goldfish on Laura's No, Laura van because has other snacks. She has a ton yeah. of snacks. I mean, we're talking like my kids think snacks are only something Laura has, <laughs> which sometimes I do rely on her snacks. Ah. Uh, and so the fireman was like... Oh, wait, we got to pause for okay. a second before he says this, because I know what you're going to say. The other firemen that are with this guy, the guy who I asked, do you want to talk to him, you know, and explain how serious this is or something? And he got all excited. The others kind of look at each other in the background, and that should have tipped us off, <laughs> that they're both like, uh-oh, like, this is not going to go well. The door opens. All the kids are like, oh, what's going on? And this guy says, okay, kids, you can't pull fire alarms because see that big truck there? When you pull a fire alarm, we all have to get dressed in our uniform and get in our truck and come down to where you are. He goes on to this lecture, and then they leave. And Laura said, 
oh my God, he just told all of our children that if they pull a fire alarm, they get to see a cool fire truck. Yes. <laughs> like, as soon as you said, so started the story, I was like, oh, this is not going to end well. And now, I mean, my daughter, this is four years ago mm -hmm. now. And even now, when I am around my daughter and fire alarms, I get anxiety because I think she's going to remember that if she pulls a fire alarm, a cool fire truck is going to show up. Well, and I think we like, even while they were there, we were like, wait, no, it's really bad because what if there's a fire somewhere else? Like we tried to like, you know, fix what he said because it was like, you know, it's, it's bad. You could get in trouble. You could go to jail if you pull fire alarms. Like we tried to get there because it was this moment where that fire alarm was going off and that was kind of exciting and you had all the flashing lights and I mean they this fire truck pulled up right next to us we were the only people there and I mean they just were like oh look at all those lights and look at all these firefighters and just a couple months ago my daughter said something about the time she got a personal visit from firemen and I was like what are you talking about she's like yeah when Julie's kids and Laura's kids we got a personal visit from a fire truck <laughs> She forgets the part where she pulled the fire alarm that made them show up and just remembers that one time they got a really cool personal visit from five firemen. I love that story so much. So when uh, we, the museum was still in the small space on the upper level of the mall, there was a grandpa who would come in with his granddaughter and she was always fascinated with playing with the doctor's office, which at the time was just a dressing dolls room. in a dressing room but so she would bring him this doll because I think we got the dolls from a hospital probably we got them from Lakeshore Learning okay never mind yeah that's okay but anyway she brought the doll and then the Salado blankets looked like the ones you would get at a hospital so those brought, are hospital blankets. she brought her yeah. grandpa a doll and he said I play with these at work <laughs> which to me seemed really strange so of course I needed him to explain and turns out he was uh, in charge of the baby security protocols at the large uh, hospital, maternity ward and children's hospital in the area. And it was his job to continually refresh the protocols to make sure no one steals a baby out of the maternity floor. And so... Like when I delivered my son five years ago, there were these little low jack things that attached to their umbilical cord that could really, yeah, it was they could only be removed with a special device. And so if you like, you're a piece of clothing, kinda, yeah, it was like an alarm that would go really? off, but it was attached to your baby. Huh. It could only be removed by the nurses station. But the umbilical cords fall off. Well, it was just attached to that, like you know, little section. I just have so many questions. Okay, so anyway, <laughs> that was his job. Was he yeah. designed these protocols? But the thing with protocols is you only know if they work by testing them. So every once in a while, he would have to stage a drill and steal a fake baby out of maternity. <laughs> and so he said one day he stole this baby and not a real baby, a doll, a doll. <laughs> this was a simulation. He wasn't actually stealing someone's baby from the maternity ward. But he stole a doll that they had put the alarms on and stuff like that and was running out of the hospital. So he got down four, flight, four floors 
and was on his way out of the hospital, which uh-huh. to me is really concerning that he made it that far. Um, and that sounds like, like yeah, the protocol's not working. Yeah. And he's a grandpa, um, right? And he's a grandpa, so he couldn't have been that fast. <laughs> but he's carrying this doll that he has wrapped up, and it looked like a newborn baby. And the security guard went to stop him, but instead of just stepping in front of him, the security guard pulled a gun on him. <laughs> On this grandpa <laughs> with a fake doll. what is assumed to be a live baby. Oh I my mean, gosh, I didn't even think of right. that. If that yeah. really was a live baby, you can't shoot that person right. because they're going to drop and, the baby. And yeah, so he then had to stop and explain one what his <laughs> job was and that the baby he was carrying wasn't actually real. Oh. And then go back and scrap redo the plans because clearly the protocols he had in place didn't work if he made it to almost the parking garage before right. anyone stopped him. And then got a gun pulled on him. <laughs> got a gun pulled on him. <laughs> I'm really glad you didn't mention the hospital because then that scares people. Yeah. And you know what? All of our hospitals are great around here. Yeah. So. Yeah, they really so that are. is one of my all-time favorite uh, <laughs> guest stories. I have never heard that story. No. Like, you seriously have the best museum stories you because do. you like lived here practically. I did. I did. <laughs> Well, and I just love that you heard somebody say something kind of weird, like, I play with these dolls at work. And you were like, please tell me more. (laughs) Whereas I would just be like, that was weird. I don't. I'm going to need you to explain. (laughs) Please. So one thing that I love about Amanda is that she helps with my events that I plan. And she's not always, like, totally on board with them. I know that. (laughs) But she does them. And she is, like, my go-to person when I have an event because she will keep things organized. Like, she, it's just amazing. And I am not that person. She will ask all the right questions to get me to where I'm like, oh, I do need to think about this. <laughs> so thank you for that. But she does it in a nice enough way that I never oh, feel yeah. like she's telling me no. Like, I, I don't ever feel like she's ever been like, that sounds crazy. We're not doing that. No, you know, she she's goes more along like, with well, it. Yeah. What about this? Uh-huh. She does it really calmly. And I'm sure because I know her well enough that she's probably like, oh my gosh, what are they thinking? <laughs> Internal monologue. <Yes>. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you so much yes. for always showing well, up and going along with it. Yeah. I mean, like even tonight when we were at our board meeting, you were like, you're going to be a touch a track, right? <laughs> You're going to help me check in 1,500 people, right? (laughs) So before we wrap up the episode, we have three very important questions to ask you. They're supposed to be rapid fire. We're not so good at rapid fire. So what is the last playful thing you did? Um, Today I wore like a dress and got my hair curled and then went and lifted weights like I was a little girl. Uh, (laughs) The only thing that would make that better is if you wore a like a crown when you did that. I did not would be have a crown. Wonderful. <laughs> but yeah, getting like a little makeover and lifting weights. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I wish I could say that I did that today. I did not. <laughs> no. Um, what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, um, first, uh, when I was really little, I wanted to run a dance studio I didn't want I wasn't interested in the teaching dance or the choreographing I wanted to do and really this is actually explains a lot about my current job but I wanted to do all the scheduling and the planning and the 
like office work and I wanted to like just run the logistics of a dance studio. <laughs> uh, it makes a lot of sense now. And then I wanted to pilot a NASA shuttle. Um, and actually I was like, I had a whole plan. I was going to go into the air force and get my flight hours there before transitioning to NASA. And then when I was 14, I was told I needed glasses, which you have to have 20-20 vision to pilot a shuttle. And so those dreams were squashed. So you're saying that dream died when you were 14? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You were like, I'm going to go and oh, be yeah. part I of NASA. Oh, yeah. I had a whole plan. Um, and then, yeah. That's impressive. And then I found out I couldn't because I had to wear <laughs> glasses. Um, and then I was going to be a vet. And then... Um, but I always had this weird feeling that like that wasn't actually what I was supposed to do. Um, and now I know the weird feeling was actually me having an allergic reaction every time I stepped foot in a barn because apparently recently learned that I'm allergic to most livestock and the stuff they eat. So, which when you gave me that list of all the things one day, <laughs> because you were saying that it was like, how did you survive childhood? Because you know, we haven't talked about, but where did you grow up, Amanda? I grew up on a farm. Yes. <laughs> and your parents still live on this yes. farm. Yes. Uh, and I now know I'm allergic to most of their farm. A lot of things make sense now, don't yeah. they? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay, so what was something you loved to play with when you were a child? So I... First of all, I was a super analytical kid, which should shock no one since I wanted to run the logistics of a dance studio and fly a shuttle to space. Uh, But I liked to play with like toy china and tea party stuff, but I didn't actually want to play with it. I would set up elaborate like tables around my bed and then leave them there for like two hours and then put them all away and organize my china until the next time that I pulled it all out and then I would set up an elaborate tablescape and then I'd put it all away and organize Do you have all of your like little china things? No, I don't. I have no idea where they went. But that's also what I did with Barbies. I didn't actually play with my Barbies. I set up elaborate scenes and then left them there until the next time I wanted to quote play with my Barbies and I set up a new scene and then I left it there. Um, I love that you put the china away because my kids would never do that. The fact that you like put yeah, it out I had to organize and then you, like, it and put it in my fake like china hutch. Okay. Oh my gosh. No, my kids would set it out and then leave it out and then would be like, don't touch it. No one can touch it. It can't move from this no. spot. So wait, I got a question now. What <laughs> astrology sign are you? I'm a Scorpio. Oh, I was going to go with Virgo. Because I feel like they're just really into organizing. And I'm like, huh. Yeah, Scorpio. Scorpio. Okay. I don't know what that really means. But I, I just really, either. I was really no. hoping you'd say Virgo. And I'd be like, yes, I got it right. I have one friend who will, like, talk to somebody and be like, that person is a Virgo. Or that person is that. And I'm like, that's so weird. And they're always right. So, okay. But that organization of Tea Party and Put uh-huh. It Back is just intense. Amanda, thank you so much for being here. As our second second guest. guest. We really appreciate it, um, especially since we know that we can count on you when we say, hey, can we do a podcast with you tonight? <laughs> when it's just a few hours away from tonight. Right. 
Well, thank you so much for having me. Well, and just so you guys know, this is how many podcasts have you now been invited to do? Uh, This is my third podcast interview since February. Since February. I just, Mm -hmm. I feel like you need to like make a goal of like maybe like if it's the third, maybe two more before the end of the year. Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to have to start like cold messaging podcasts to make that happen. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. There's a person... That has Trixie Salon. Have you been on her podcast? Mm-mm, I haven't. She's local, so we can definitely try to like get that happening. <laughs> and then you would have to cold message somebody okay. about how I just want to be on one more podcast <laughs> because for whatever reason I now have this goal. I think it needs to be like an organizational podcast. Like you teach people how to organize because that's just fascinating to me. Oh, so good. the do's and don'ts of a great to-do list. Yes. Oh my <laughs> So if you are listening to this and you were like, I do have a podcast and I want Amanda on it, you should definitely message us and we will go ahead and get you guys set up together because she is a lovely guest. Yes. Thank you. Remember, we always love hearing from listeners. We want your feedback. We want to be your children's museum and playfully persistent podcast. Right now, you can email us at podcast at dsmchildrensmuseum.com. You can also follow us on all the usual places. Facebook is Des Moines Children's Museum. Twitter and Instagram is dsm underscore children's. Thank you for listening. Please like and subscribe. We'll have new episodes every Tuesday. Make sure to take time to play.